Hey everyone, did you know that Your Best Bet is a official sponsor of the Three Rivers Golf Tour for the 2021 season? Well, if not, we are excited to be part of this growing golf tour in Fort Wayne, uh, Presented by Indiana Physical Therapy, the Three Rivers Golf Tour offers a tremendous platform for amateur golfers to compete uh, against other players in the city, um, in the net division or the gross division. Um, this weekend, the Crystal Creek Concrete LLC Classic will be taking place at Cherry Hill Golf Club in Fort Wayne. Uh, yours truly will be in the field. I have not played a lot this season so far. But I am excited to be out there Saturday, um, seeing what I can do. See, uh, I've been working on my golf swing quite a bit at the Golf Garage. Shout out Golf Garage. Um, over the winter, I feel like I've made some some nice gains with my swing. So really excited to get out there and test it out this weekend. Uh, so thanks to Mark, Spencer, and Trent for putting on a, uh, a great tournament. And uh, can't wait to get out there and uh, see what happens. Uh, Johnny Strouser joined me for this podcast to, of course, review the Masters. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama getting a huge win for himself, for his career, and the country of Japan. Um, really cool story, um, and otherwise a bit of a lackluster's, lackluster Masters, in my opinion. Um, but a lot of interesting things happen, a lot of great things to discuss, including Spieth, once again, who has been on the radar now for three months in a row. Um, my guy, Will Zalatoris, um, continuing to make a name for himself. And uh, we also talk a little bit further about uh, uh, Tommy Fleetwood and his horrible shirts later in the show. And, um, you know, just kind of what, what this Masters, what we took away from this Masters. And then, obviously, we discussed the RBC Heritage this week in Hilton Head, uh, one of my favorite golf courses, one of my favorite events to watch on tour. Love this tournament. Huge range of outcomes. It's a great betting week because uh, a guy that's 100-1 to 1 can easily win this tournament. Um, so can't wait to see what happens. We break it all down. Coming up next. Welcome to your best bets. It is the Postmasters edition. Recording this Monday after the Masters, uh, we have a new first-time major winner in Hideki Matsuyama, uh, capturing his first major uh, with the 2021 Masters. Uh, joining me to break it all down, give us thoughts on the Masters, on Hideki, on the whole event, Johnny Strauser. Johnny, how are we doing uh, this Monday night? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, just got to, of course, got to watch a weekend uh, of the Masters, and I mean, sad that uh, it's going to be a year away till the next one. But always good to be able to dissect it, especially the day after. Yeah, I I, I have some takes about this this year's Masters. Um, before we get into the Masters, um, I I really wanted to, to to quickly off the top talk about the the Three Rivers Golf Tour, of course. Uh, this weekend is the um, it's the Crystal Creek Concrete um, event at Cherry Hill Golf Club. Um, I'll be in the field this week. I know you won't be due to work commitments, um, but you did play um, 
a couple weeks ago in the the Kings John Services Open at Brookwood, and uh, you had a really strong finish, uh, runner up to my Ryan Markbar. Uh, talk about your your round and uh, just the event overall, if you if you could. Yeah, I uh, um, I did finish second place, shot uh, even par seventy two. Uh, we had some pretty good weather out there, um, especially for this early in the year, uh, being late March and whatnot. You just you kind of never know what you're going to get, but we had a fantastic turnout. Um, one of the strongest fields I think that uh, the Three Rivers Tours had, at least to uh, my recollection there. But I did finish second place, um, came in and, and posted that 72, uh, birdied 16 and 18 to uh, you know to, to get even par, and um, thought that was going to hold because most of the gross guys had come in and I saw Ryan um, who's who plays in a lot of the uh, local events um, still had yet to come in. And I think there was a couple other guys and uh, you know, wasn't sure how they were playing and whatnot. So was, was holding out hoping I could uh, uh, get the victory there. And, and he shot a really, really good round of uh, 300 par 69. So got me by three Um Real good round, like I said, in, in this this early in the year, especially. And uh, golf course was in good shape. The field was good. Um, it's always well run, and it's uh, it's nice to to get around a golf in with you know playing a tournament with a bunch of guys that you see throughout the summer that you play you know just for Saturday games or uh, you know for tournaments and everything. And we we had a good time. We just hung out in the in the restaurant area there as the scores came in and. Uh, had some drinks and laughs and talked about uh, our, our winters and whatnot and uh it was another good event and unfortunately I, i'm i'm sad that i can't play in this event this week here at uh at cherry hill uh one of my home courses here i did play there uh, a couple times this past week on my off week um played saturday and golf course is in really really good shape so if you haven't signed up yet i highly recommend it uh greens are rolling good uh, golf course is greening up nicely. Um, you know, looks like the weather's going to be pretty decent out there. And uh, hopefully we can get another good field because uh, th- this tour is really gaining some steam here as far as um, participants. And they're nice because they're one-day events. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, um, you, you guys will be able to get a pretty good field on a, on a tournament by tournament basis there because I think what they do in these events is is real solid. So, Looking forward to hearing how it goes, and and uh, hopefully you uh you know you can brush the dust off yourself and, and play pretty well this weekend. Yeah, uh, good, good, uh, good start to the season for you. Uh, you know, seventy two is nothing, nothing to uh, feel bad about this early in the year. And uh, congrats to Ryan for for shooting that number, uh, bogey free sixty nine. Uh, uh, great round, and uh, you know, nice win. And uh, yeah, this weekend should be fun at, at Cherry Hill. Looking forward to it. Um, the field is shaping up. You have until Thursday at 6 p.m. to enter. Uh, there's the net divisions already pretty full. The gross divisions, um, you know, it's a, it's a little less full. So it's uh, it's shaping up to be a good one. I think the weather's looking a little bit better than it was early on. I think we'll we'll break 60. Uh, so should be a good one. And looking forward to it. Um, the Masters, Hideki Matsuyama wins. Uh, I feel like he won this tournament on Saturday evening after the rain delay. Um, as uh, as we recorded the podcast last Monday, of course, I was in Florida. I was on vacation, 
and I was driving home uh, on Saturday from Florida the whole day, which was lovely. And um, uh, I had this on my phone, on my phone in the car, and I was, you know, I got really good at watching the Masters while I drove. It's a real, it's a real talent. And um, he just, I mean, post rain delay Saturday, he just lit it up and uh, shoots it back nine thirty, and I. I think it was about a 10 hole stretch where to me, that was the difference in the tournament because he, he did play well on Sunday. Um, and then he kind of managed it coming in, kind of coasted a little bit, had to, had to slip on 15 where he, he hit a second shot long into the water. Uh, he bogeys 18, but you know, he only needed a, a, a bogey to win. Um, I don't know your, th- I guess your thoughts on, on how the, the last two rounds went for Hideki. Um, and then, any thoughts you want to give on him as a player and uh, what it means for his career and his country? Yeah, you you accurately described, I mean, what I think happened there. And not from a betting aspect, but just strictly from a fan aspect slash golfer uh, viewpoint. He, he won it after the rain delay. He absolutely did. So what happened was, is for, for those who didn't watch, um, it, uh, the golf course was playing pretty fair, but it was playing um, fairly tough. And they were estimating that if they could play during the rain, that uh, the winds would kick up and it would get even tougher for the leaders there. So some of the guys, there was there was guys that were playing pretty well. Uh, Justin Thomas was was moving up the board. Jordan Spieth was moving up the board. Uh, Xander was playing well, um, who you recommended as a live bet um, during the event. Um but uh, they, they were kind of moving up the board there. And then what happened was is uh, they, they blew the horn for the rain that was coming in. Uh, they let the rain pass through and then went back out there after uh, same day after the rain delay. Well, what that humidity and moisture did is they got into the greens there and softened them up a little bit, made them a little bit slower. And um, you know, anybody who knows uh, Augusta National from watching the Masters every, every year knows that the greens – are always lightning fast, and and that's always the the trick to conquering Augusta is is knowing the breaks and being able to to put the ball well. And with the the uh, greens getting a little bit of moisture in them, and this happens with all golf courses with with different humidity uh, humidity levels. It, it the humidity went up and made the golf the grass a little bit slower to putt on, and. Greens that fast are really hard to adjust to when they get a little bit slower because you're expecting them to be like tabletops and where they, you know, where there's no friction on them. And not a single player but Hideki Matsuyama um, was able to adjust to it. Hideki went nuts. Um, by far was the best player after that rain delay, and he made up so many shots and, and lapped the field multiple times. Um, I know Thomas had some three putts. Um, Morikawa was leaving putts short. There was just a bunch of guys that just could not get comfortable on those greens. And that pretty much just allowed Hideki to, to get that big lead. And and Hideki's a good enough player um, that, you know, I don't think that uh, he's going to end up most of the time relinquishing a four-shot lead, even at the Masters. I know he only won by one, but he, you know, he... You know, I think you would agree with this. Back in like 2012, 2013, 2014, even as late as 2017, he was one of the best players in the world. I mean, yeah, unbelievable ball striker, hits it long. Putting was always his struggle, but you know, he was 
So he's one of the hardest workers out there. And, you know, he just, uh, he, he's a good player and, you know, maybe not necessarily known as a closer because hadn't put himself in position a ton of times to do that. But he, that, that stretch on, uh, on Saturday afternoon to get, to build so much of a cushion there with the lead that uh, it was going to be tough for him to really, um, you know, really lose that lead. And from a betting aspect, just from, if you're a live better like you and I are, that was absolutely hair pulling as far as what to do there. Because after the rain delay, you're kind of expecting these guys to jockey in position come Sunday to place live bets on them during that Saturday afternoon stretch, thinking that they're going to take advantage of the slower greens where they could be more aggressive. And they, they just couldn't. And so any of the live bets that, that uh, I end up placing on, on different players wouldn't pan out because by that time, Hideki had built up such a lead that his odds became so short that he was basically unbettable. And you were just hoping that you could bet the field or or that there would be a, a Greg Norman-like choke where he could end up uh, um, giving that up. So, sorry, Greg Norman, I, I, I apologize, but, you know. But uh, but as far as that, that goes, you know, I mean, come Sunday is when, when the betting took place, you really couldn't, couldn't do that because – no. He was at like minus one twenty one or minus one thirty. I mean, juiced odds on a Sunday in a PGA Tour sanctioned golf tournament is just is is not bettable. It's just it's just not. So, um, yep. so that made that tough and made that a little bit of a, a you know un- unfortunate thing on Sunday. But going forward, though, let to to finish what you uh, what you were asking there. This is I mean, this is monumental. Um, as crazy as a golfing community as japan is um this is the first um, male golfer to win a uh, major championship and um you know you could i'm sure you can uh you know expect a lot of young people to get into golf from japan where this will globally um probably uh, grow the game you look at like seiri pak of uh female golfer in uh, south korea she kind of started the South Korean um, uh, craze there for for women's golf, and they've had until not too long ago they've had a pretty strong stranglehold on the LPGA Tour events here for 10, 15, 20 years. So you wonder if this something like this is going to happen with with men's golf as far as uh, what Hideki did. Um, I'm happy for him on a, uh, a golfer slash golf fan um, level. As far as a better, I. I couldn't be more frustrated because he pretty much took away anything good that was going to go on on Sunday. So I don't know if that's what you kind of thought, but that's, that's pretty much how that weekend played out in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's mostly what I was thinking too. Uh, um, you're right. Uh, I, I had some texts come in Saturday night and asking who, who, what to do is, is this, is this worth betting? Is it worth betting one of the, the guys that were in second, which there were four guys in second going into Sunday. And I, I just said, you know, probably not because Hideki's not one of these guys that's likely to go shoot a 76 or something because he's, as you alluded, he's, he's really solid to the green and he, he might, he might make a three putt bogey um, here and there, you know, he might get sloppy with the putter if, if anything, but this week he's been, he was phenomenal scrambling. Um, this it wasn't even that great of a performance off the tee, but his iron game was really good and his scrambling was great. And um, talking about a guy that was the second ranked player in the world, 
uh, I think in 2017. He hasn't won since then, um, but he he was ascending, and his putter has just you know let him down in a major way progressively since 2017, where he's you know I I would say notoriously known as one of the worst putters on tour, but so 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 solid tee to green. Um, so I just, I told a couple of people, I said, you, you probably are just stuck with where you are. I said, if you wanted to take a chance, you could, I, you know, I don't mind Xander as a, a guy that, you know, had nothing to lose at that point and, and maybe Zalatoris, but, um, I had a good feeling that Tadeki was going to bring that home. Um, but think about that though, being such a good ball striker on the PGA tour, one of the probably top five ball strikers for the last few years and just being out of the top 200 putting where one uh, one facet of the game costs you continuously and you're, you're hitting your head against the wall. And uh, to just have the fortitude to stay with it, um, it was pretty impressive because I he wasn't on my radar. He hasn't been for a long time, uh, especially in events like this one where you just you kind of think of, you know, Augusta Green's bad putter that just it does doesn't seem like a great match, but I'm starting to think that Gus is more of just, you know, it's rewarding ball strikers um, and guys that can, that can really chip it close if they miss these greens. And Decky did that all week. And uh, he really, he really was impressive to me Sunday when he stretched the lead up to six and then he could afford himself a couple shots. Um, and yeah, like you said, this guy is, he's like Tiger Woods in Japan. I mean, and he's had so much pressure on him the last 10 years. Uh, you know, I've, I've read stories about Japanese media following him around, even on uh, PGA Tour weeks where it's not a big tournament. And, and they're watching every shot from Thursday through Sunday. And he's getting questioned about that. And I, I think he's had the weight of a nation on him for quite a while. And to get this done, it's, it's huge. It's massive. So as a golf fan... It's a pretty cool story. Um, I didn't think Sunday had a lot of juice, to, you know, and I don't know what you thought, but I wasn't thrilled watching it. I wasn't, I never got out of my seat excited like I normally do at the Masters. Um, I think the most interesting day was Saturday when a lot of things were happening. Um, you know, like when JT ejected on Saturday uh, at 13, that, that was more noteworthy to me than anything because I, I thought I thought for sure after the rain delay this this guy is going to win the tournament and um, that's that was that was where I was at Saturday so I was as surprised as anyone that Hideki's the one that walked through the door there um, but just overall I, I it wasn't it wasn't a great Masters it was a very great story but as far as the tournament goes it just didn't have a lot of juice and the one minute that it had the juice and the excitement Xander had to dump it in the water on sixteen mm. um, which again exceptionally on brand. Yeah, that was like, I mean, he birdies four in a row. I mean, he's starting to make it interesting. And and Hideki knocks it over the green and into the water on, on 15. Xander makes birdie. And you're thinking, all right, you know, now we got a hole in one hole. I mean, this hole you could, 16, you could make, you could make birdie on it. And there, there's there's almost no possible way a guy in the PGA Tour can hit it in the water there. I've I, never seen it. Have you? I mean, within reason. I haven't seen it in a while. I, Nor, Norman, Norman, Norman hit in '96. Yeah, in '96. That is the yeah. only time I, I think that he's that somebody's hit it in the water because 
Kenny Perry, when he almost won it when he was 48 years old, that was a few years ago. Um, I don't even think he hit the water there, but it was like, are, are you kidding me? I mean, just the the worst possible shot there. So, you know, I don't know that that was that made it somewhat interesting because, like like I said, Hideki was leaking a little bit of oil. He was he was starting to struggle, you know, come back to the field a little bit and had the chance that maybe he could tie it up and and they could you know he could get into a playoff or something like that. And just the worst. The absolute worst possible thing you could do as as a golfer is is hitting the water there, and and he did, and it was like, well, that, that's it's it's over with now at that point. You got that feeder pin on sixteen where you, you throw it up, you know, twenty five thirty feet right of the pin, and it's going to funnel down, and it, it looked like he was taking more of a direct line. I know he said he flushed it post round. Um, but that ball wasn't close, and that would have had to that would have had to hit a wall of wind to come up that short. So I, I I still think that was a miss hit, and for me it's just it's just Xander doing Xander things, you know, <laughs> making four birdies in a yeah. row, where like okay you're two back with three to play, um, you know seventeen eighteen not playing easy, uh, get this to one shot going to eighteen and 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 who knows, um, but. It's just Xander not not fully applying the pressure that I wanted him to. Um, you know, he gets to that he gets to the edge, and then it's 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 flying too close to the sun. Then he 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 steps back, and um, I don't know, just frustrated that he didn't apply more pressure earlier in the round. He he really took a while to get going, and uh, it was a little bit you know too little too late. Um, a guy that did apply the pressure right from the start was uh, our guy, Will Zalatoris. And it's funny because um, the, I don't remember a lot from last week's podcast. Um, I, I mean, I remember quite a, quite a few things, but I remember you specifically saying, what about your guy, Zalatoris? And uh, I, I remember saying, well, you know, he really hasn't gotten into real, real contention to win. He's gotten into the, the fringe contention, you know, the uh, if he shoots a really low one on Sunday, he might win. But he's more of top ten, top fifteens, and uh, there he is—a big part of the picture for the last thirty-six holes. This guy is so impressive; he doesn't miss a shot. It feels like, and uh, really, it was a couple three putts that really cost him. Um, the the three putt on ten was really costly, um, but he he came back later in the back nine and he made a couple of nice birdies and uh, really made Hideki work for it until the very end. Uh, your thoughts on Willie Z? Yeah, I was I was thoroughly impressed with uh, with Will. I, I I mentioned that half jokingly, you know, thinking it's his first Masters. Guys just don't don't win in, in their first trip around Augusta, and he impressed me so much. And this is I had watched a little bit of his Corn Ferry events on Golf Channel, you know, when he had played well and whatnot. Um, but this was the first time really seeing you know a few rounds of him under this pressure um under uh you know under contention and everything and, and i mean dude hits it unbelievable one of the best ball strikers in the world right now um you know i think the putting obviously got him a little bit cuz he's always struggled with it but he's going to be like a I, i'm hoping he's going to be like a web simpson in the fact that he'll figure out a way to make putts um, which is what Webb has done um, in the past, but but I mean 
he's the only guy, like you said, who really gave Hideki a run for his money. And and I mean, I think the guy's going to end up winning a bunch of events here, whether they're majors or whether they're PGA Tour events, if he ever gets on the PGA Tour, which I'm sure you'll have an opinion of here shortly. But um, I mean, he just, he's a you know, competitor there. Seems to have the right kind of attitude as well. I mean, he, he's the only guy who broke par all four rounds at Augusta this week. Um, you know, that, that says something right there that, uh, you know, that he, he kind of hangs in there and everything. And he's going to hit the ball well enough to make a bunch of birdies. And and when he's, you know, making putts like that, he's, he's a guy that you're going to have to bet going forward. He's a guy that you're going to probably root for going forward because he's going he's gonna to win events. And I, I, I think what seeing how he came out so strong and how he did break par every round that that kind of showed me a little bit as far as you know the the mental part of the game that 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 killer instinct that aggressive attitude um that trust in your game that you've got to have to be a pga tour winner that that's the stuff that that i see that was on display there that um going forward there i i i like him i like him a lot i became i was a fan of him before but actually seeing him how he played played golf and and how he attacked the golf course and didn't back down. I I became a pretty huge fan of his um, going forward. He he to me he's he's in that Colin Morikawa uh, mold. Mm-hmm. You know, just really, you know, I wouldn't say he's a tremendous driver, but he gets it in play and really does his damage to the irons. Uh, so yeah, I think you're right. The key the key for him to continue progressing and moving this thing forward is is putting um you know he's yeah like you said the, the webb simpson type of putting method um he has gotten a lot better i know for a while there on corn ferry tour even you know at the end of his college career wake forest putting was a real issue so he has made uh you know huge strides um can i can i talk about the the ridiculousness now of his... We we need to talk about this. Yes, this we okay. need to, we need to get air our grievances here. Okay, For, the, this has to do with his lack of tour status, and people might not know the intricacies of this, but um, he he qualified for the Masters based off of his World Golf ranking only, and he cracked the top fifty, and uh, that's how he qualified for the Masters. Which, by the way, him getting in the top fifty is insane. Uh, based off of his non-member status, um, and, and and Johnny, here's how here's how the PGA Tour knows it's some bullshit is because they have an article that was posted today, and the article is Will Zalatoris' status explained. So they know they know there's some stuff out there uh, about this. So sh- long story short, the he he would have secured tour status at the end of last year based off of his. Um, top 25 uh, money list on the corn Ferry tour for 2020 um, due to the pandemic. Um, the, the player advisory council basically said that nor, no tour cards would be awarded for the 2021 season. Um, so the corn Ferry tour, they morphed into a combined 2020, 2021 season. The top 25 tour cards would be awarded at the base at, at the end of that uh, at the end of this season um, in August. Um, so because of that, um, and I, I know this is a one-time thing, um, but 
Zalatoris wasn't able to get his card based off of his play in 2020. So he he qualified for the U.S. Open based off of his his point or his his regular season points list um, for the U.S. Open because they had a lack of of sectional qualifying. So they had other ways to fill the field. One was through that. So um, he finished T six by the way at Winged Foot, which was incredible. Um, and then he 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 starts to get all these exemptions, sponsors exemptions. Um, uh, he had a top five at the, the Shriners Hospitals for Children's Open in the fall. He had a top 10 at uh, Putacana, top 20 at Bermuda, um, all these in the fall. Um, so he earned, uh, I, I, it's, it's tour special temporary membership. Um, so that gives you the ability to uh, accept unlimited sponsors, uh, sponsor exemptions in a season, which gives him the ability to accept that all the way through the FedEx Cup playoffs. <clears throat> um, now, this guy has made it to number 27 in the world. Number 27. Um, as a non-member. Um, because of that, because he's a non-member, he's ineligible for the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, he's played in the Masters. He's played in the U.S. Open. Top sixes in both. He got exemptions to the WGC Workday the WGC match play. Um, the only way that he can get tour membership, tech, a technical tour membership for the rest of the season is by winning. Um, and then all of his non-member FedEx Cup points would activate. It's not, I feel like we're talking about 2015 Tiger Woods with glutes activating, but now we're talking about tour member points activating because right now they're inactive because of this, archaic system so he right now only 13 players have more fedex cup points than him that's how good he has been but it won't matter because unless he wins he won't be part of the fedex cup playoffs which by the way except the top 125 for the first playoff event to me johnny this is like a guy in baseball that is called up in the middle of the season from triple a and he plays great and he goes on to be Let's just say he goes on to be rookie of the year. But, you know, since he came midway through the season and had all the success, you know, he's he's actually not eligible for the Major League Baseball playoffs. That's what this would be like if Will Zalatoris can't win. He will not be playing the, the, the three FedEx Cup playoff events uh, in August. Um, I just think this is insane. I don't know what the guy's got to do. I, I understand the system has... Um, I guess I, I know there's limitations to the system and, and rules have to be followed. Guidelines have to be followed here. Um, but this just feels crazy. It feels like a lack of common sense. Like this guy's, this guy's been one of the best players since last August, just in the world period. Um, and additionally, I saw that he was, um, I think he was fourth or fifth on the points list for the, uh, the race to Dubai, the European tour. So if he doesn't win an event, he could go play the 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 European Tour playoffs because he'll qualify for that. I mean, he could be talking about a top twenty five, top twenty American player going to play the European Tour events, in, the playoff events, because he's not eligible for the FedEx Cup. All right, go ahead, respond to this. This is a complete and total embarrassment by the PGA Tour, in my opinion. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy who. Other than winning, and I know there's the technicality, 
He actually won. He's won one time on the Corn Ferry Tour. The, you, the one way you can earn um, your PGA Tour card is your Battlefield promotion. Three which wins. Is three, three wins on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's yes, not going to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour and play for Corn Ferry money when he's got PGA Tour money sitting there. So, yeah, he needs to, he needs to win. But this guy is one of the top 20, top 15 for sure players in the world right now. I mean, he is one of if – you, you can't tell me – you're not going to give me 15 better players right this minute that are playing better than, than Willie Z right now. And he cannot use his FedEx Cup points. And to to expand on what you said about the FedEx Cup, why is that so important? Yes, it does help him get a card for next year, but they pay they play for millions and millions and millions of dollars. Uh, winner of the, Fed, the Tour Championship, so the FedEx Cup champion, uh, what is it, the $10 million annuity that they get? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're playing for big-time money, and – you're you're just and I know the pandemic is is you know really kind of messed things up, but you can't tell me if that anybody that matters. So I guess any you know PGA Tour guy or, or you know something like that say, would say right now that he doesn't deserve to be a a PGA Tour member playing for the Fed, FedEx Cup Championship. You just nobody whose opinion makes a difference would say that he doesn't. And that's what really bothers me is they can't just sit there and say, you know what, this was the weirdest thing ever with a global pandemic that shut down sports for a couple months. You know, we, we've kind of had to not give out cards. Nobody's going to lose their card. But we got a guy who's one of the best players in the world. I mean, finishes runner-up at the Masters, sixth place at Wingfoot. He's qualified, for, like you said, for the WGCs. The guy has, has made a bunch of uh, – um, he's made a bunch of, of you know good events there, made a bunch of money doing it. But it's like you've got to give him the chance to win the FedEx Cup point, points list because you've got one of the better players on tour right now. And who knows? You know, in two months he could be just – you know, he could kind of fall off and not make a putt and, you know, you know not hit a good shot and, and, you know, be missing cuts left and right. But you, you've got to, you know – this this guy is too. What he's done, what he's already accomplished, I think, is is far beyond what the rules and regulations and bylaws that the PGA Tour has got. He's you, you've got to you've got to look at this one exception to the rule. I mean, it's it's okay if you did. You wouldn't get people that are saying, you know, that's not fair. This guy finished second place at the Masters. I don't think he should be playing for FedEx Cup points. I mean, that's. That that that's a garbage take right there, and you're not going to get anybody to to you know that like I said that matters. That's going to say that. So he yeah. can um, he can accept unlimited sponsors exemption. So he's going to get to play whenever he wants to. And just for an FYI, each tournament the sponsor gets anywhere from three to five um, exemptions that they can give to anybody they want to. So they can give them to good college players or former PGA Tour winners or local guys that they think uh, can compete in the event. So they, they they pay the money for the purse. They pay a lot of money, so they deserve to get these exemptions. So, you know, any tournament's going to want Will Zalatoris playing. So, like, he got an exemption in, into the RBC this week. He's going to go in anyone that he wants to get into. But, I mean, come on, PGA Tour. This is just – it's gross. I mean, that they, that they wouldn't – that they'd have to post an article – saying why they won't let him in because he was, you know, he happened to be playing good golf 
during the craziest year in the history of our generation and the generation before that, you know, that uh, that is not going to allow him to get a card because he'd he'd have it if it was under you know normal life circumstances, and that's just it's right. it, it like like I said, it, it is an embarrassment, and they need to do something about it. I really hope he wins, and he wins soon, so he these activated points then can get him into the playoffs, and then he could he, he could uh, you know have additional success there. But I mean, come on. I'm glad you mentioned the battlefield promotion. Um, <laughs> the hilarious part in the article is it, it mentions that if he if he chose to uh, to do so, he he could go back to Corn Ferry and, and get two more wins, and and that way it would activate his his non-member points, uh, which is hilarious because uh, no person in their right mind would go back to Corn Ferry and try to win there, which is a really hard tour to win on. Period. Um, especially when he's getting all these sponsors exemptions and he'll have them the rest of the season. Um, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. And I can't say how impressive it is that he qualified not just for the masters on world ranking points, but also the, the other two WGCs uh, this spring. Um, I mean, it's mm-hmm. so such an uphill climb from where he was last year at this time to, to do it all on world ranking points is it's insane. Um, I'm rooting for him to win, and uh, uh, a lot of it is just to uh, <laughs> so he can end this ridiculousness of this this uh, this membership deal. Um, probably too long on on that, but that that was that's been bugging me since yesterday. And uh, um, what else did we do? We take away from the Masters before we we close it out. Um, I was okay. Two things for me. I was really worried about Justin Rose winning for a while. Um, very concerned uh, that Team Rose was going to take this one. Um, he really held it together for a lot longer than I expected him to. Um, JT was a huge disappointment. Uh, Spieth, I think, should have won. Uh, he arguably had his worst week as uh, on, on the greens uh, of any Masters I can remember and really any week this year. Tita Green, he was great. He drove it great. Um, gave himself a ton of chances. He just did not make anything. And uh, uh, I, I thought Spieth had a great chance to win. Um, I guess finally, uh, my picks kind of sucked. Cantley was terrible. I don't know what happened to him. JT was in the mix. He lost it. Sergio missed the cut. I, my, I did hit the Zalatoris top 10. I had Connors in the mix for the top five for a while. Um, I did pick... Uh, Bryson over DJ that hit, and uh, I think that was it. I know you hit the cut line under 148 and a half, and you got Spieth over Scheffler, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So yeah, I and, had uh, uh, I tailed you with the with the Connors bet as well, and, and the speed. But... Any other takeaways from you for uh, this Masters? No, I mean it, it kind of is what it is. I, just one thing about about Jordan Speed though is yeah he just hit the ball pretty good he had a couple mistakes here and there couldn't make anything it felt for, to me like it was one of those early two thousand maybe mid two thousand Tiger Woods Masters where hits the ball really really well and just seems to want to make putts too much or something like that you know to where he just can't get anything to fall where he's I don't know if he's trying too hard or reading them, you know, something like that. And that's what it felt like with me. Like it was his tournament. And I, you know, 
there was a couple events, a couple masters that Tiger probably could have, would have, should have won, and just putted awfully, awfully on the uh, uh, the entire, you know, t- entire tournament there, and that's what that, that felt like. So, you know, it was just one of those things that uh, that that's how it kind of played out. Course conditions were weird because it was really hard the first day, then they made it easy the second day, and then they were, you know, it was kind of shaping up to to be tougher over the weekend and everything like that, but. So be forever known as the the rain delay, and then Hideki going nuts after that. Yeah, I uh, I thought the golf course was great. It was so much better than it was in November. So much firmer, and it, mm-hmm. it was running fast. And um, I think it played proper, played the way it's supposed to. Um, so I, I I really enjoyed the golf course. Um, the app was great all week, phenomenal. Um, having the ability to watch, you know, Amen Corner feature groups, um, you know, all in the app was it was great Thursday and Friday. Um, and really have any other takeaways? It was, uh, like I said, uh, I think a lackluster Sunday, but a good story overall. And uh, yeah, congrats to Hideki, and it's a huge win for uh, global golf. I think so. Um, this week is is. I don't know about you. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Um, I love this golf course. Um, I know you do. You'll be there next week. I will. I'm going to be there. This is Monday uh, after the Masters. I will be down in Hilton Head uh, seven days from today, and I'll be actually uh, playing this golf course um, Tuesday of next week. So two days after the event finishes, I've got a uh, 10.30 tee time there, and very, very much looking forward to this. And and I'll, I'll add the reason why I am playing in it is um, in November Masters, I picked uh, DJ to uh, win the Masters. And uh, I'm basically, I said, uh, if, if he ended up, if, if the guy, one of the guys I picked the next time I went down to Hilton Head, uh, I was going to use my winnings on uh, playing the golf course there. So I want to give a shout out to my man, uh, Dustin Johnson there for uh, getting me on this golf course here and, um, you know, looking forward to uh, to getting down there. Nice. That that would be pretty phenomenal to play the, the golf course in tournament conditions. Um, before we came on, we, we, we did that a couple of years ago when we went to Akron and played the Bridgestone. It was in 2016. Yeah, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right after DJ won uh, uh, the WGC there, and we, we played that that golf course in tournament conditions. And uh, so, yeah, that'll be really cool for you to do that. And we'll look forward. You will not be on the podcast next week, but look forward to hearing about your experience when you get back uh, the following week. And uh, uh, this golf course really favors not one person, per se. Um, uh, do you want to talk about the golf course real quick? And, um, you know, what 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 are the course fits? Well, the, the golf course is it's not overly long. It's a, I think it's a par I think it's a par 71, 7100 yards. Um, it is got huge trees uh, that kind of overhang the fairways. Um, a lot of go- a lot of the PGA Tour guys who say you know when they play it, they, they say they feel claustrophobic because they're real tight fairways. Um, the greens are really really tiny. It's a peat die golf course, so it's got weird angles to kind of mess with your mind a little bit. Um, like uh, like a TPC Sawgrass, like we talked about before, uh, but real small greens. Um, there's some undulation on them. Um, it's going to favor guys who get it in the correct side of the fairway, 
not necessarily guys who are the straightest, but the guys who can position themselves for the second shot because these greens are so hard to come into. Uh, favors guys who are good at their stroke skeined approach um, because you're going to have to hit uh, you're going to have short irons and whatnot into these in a lot of these holes, but you've got to be able to get it on the you know near, near the holes here, and you got to be able to hit a lot of greens because you're going to get a lot of putts, um, a lot of birdie putts. And I also like the stroke skein putting on this one here. Um, I think that's going to be pretty important there because you're going to get a lot of birdie putts if you can hit a lot of greens. And you know, big greens you generally have like longer putts and you hit a lot of lag putts, and it's not as important to make birdies, but you're going to miss your fair share green. So it's, it's a matter of hitting them. And then when you hit the greens, you're going to have makeable putts on most holes. So I'm going to look at, especially the stroke skin approach and stroke skin putting. I was going to say, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a, a, a course on tour where driving at least is uh, total driving is less important um, than maybe this golf course. I think you, you mentioned as you know, angles are really important. Um, iron play, and, and uh, you know, putting these Bermuda greens. So I, I, I think good, good to great drivers have that weapon neutralized here and taken away. And I think that's why you've seen a lot of variance in the winners. Um, you know, a guy like Webb Simpson, who we know is one of the best iron players on tour, and when he gets going with the putter, he's really hard to beat. And he's not a great driver of the ball, but that's why this place usually works well for him because he um, he can usually end up in the same type of places that a guy like DJ, who has played pretty well here, but you know for the most part, it, the, his driver is neutralized and is taken out of his hands. Um, so I'll be interested to see if that continues this year. Um, you know, uh, we've had. You know, Kevin Kisner, Jim Friedrich types play well. The Webb Simpson types play well. Um, I know Brandon, uh, Brandon Grace won here a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Satoshi Kadaira? He won here. Yeah, he won here a couple yep. years ago. I mean, Super so man. that's why I love this tournament is because there's I, – I feel like the guy that's at plus 2,000 might have just as good a chance as the guy that's plus six 7,000. I think there is a huge um, – uh, array of guys that could win this tournament and uh it's i think the field is awesome i don't know i mean from what i've seen so far i'm I'm gonna get through a little bit more here but um i i just i love this tournament i think it's a probably the best post major tournament clearly of all the four majors that 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 we have on tour um great golf course and the field i think is is every year it's getting a little bit better Obviously, last year, last summer, when it was you know, the second tournament, the restart, it was a little bit different situation. But um, I'm really excited that a lot of the Euros stayed around. Um, DJ's in it, obviously, being an RBC guy. Um, of course, of course, our guy is Alatoris. He's got to play it because he's got to win. Um, <laughs> so uh, a lot of big names. And uh, so let's get into it. Um, uh, I, I guess I was a little surprised, even though I shouldn't be, that, that Webb, is the favorite over DJ. Um, but Webb is going off at eight plus eight fifty. It's a super, super short number. He did flash during the masters a little bit. Um, really good round on Thursday. It really fell back on Friday and then he, he kind of stabilized on the weekend. And um, I think he was on the bottom end of the top 10, I believe uh, where he finished up. Um, but he is the favorite DJ at plus 1250. Cantley. Uh, 
I don't have anything nice to say about him right now at plus 1700 and Fitzpatrick who has, uh, you know, said for a long time that this is his favorite event and he never plays well in it, but, um, he's at plus 1700 as well. That's the four guys under plus 2000. Um, I love Webb Simpson at this tournament. I don't know if I love Webb Simpson at plus 850 to win. What about you? I, I don't. I mean, 850, I was kind of shocked to see that he was that low. I'm not surprised, but I, I am still a little bit shocked. Um, he won last year. So it's and it's generally it's just hard for a guy to defend their their tournament title. It's just, you know, if, I think if you look – Statistically, obviously, it's uh, you know it's pretty rare that when a guy actually can defend successfully. Now Webb's a guy who could do it, um, you know, here and if the winds um, lay down a little bit, because usually it is pretty windy out there, and that's why he shot such a low score last year because the winds were pretty docile um, for all four days, and, and you know the scoring was accordingly there. But plus eight fifty, I I I, I don't know if I can bet him. I don't think I can. Just because you won last year, and the field is strong enough that I think we can find another win, uh, potential winner or two a little bit lower. I do like Fitzpatrick, despite the um, despite the course history. Um, but of those four guys, um, the number on Matt Fitzpatrick is, is is probably slightly the most appealing. Although you know what, what's he. What's he done to prove that he can win, you know, this week here? So I might be a little bit careful with these guys. Uh, DJ fits the golf course because he plays, you know, plays good course management, but I don't know if he's really playing well right now. Um, and then Cantley, I don't know what even to say about him. I mean, I, I thought he was going to play pretty well too. And it seems like every week that you and I bet him, uh, he, he disappoints. So I, I'm going to probably be a little hesitant on all four of these guys. Um, at least to the start of the tournament here. Uh, real quick on Cantley. Um, I think maybe Zalatoris is the guy that I think Cantley should be. I think in my mind that Cantley is extremely solid tee to green. And a lot of the numbers back that up. But every time I saw him on Thursday and Friday, he's in the pine straw. And every time I watch Zalatoris, he's dead in the center of the fairway. Um, I don't know. Just a thought. Um, yeah. I don't know if I can bet and or if I will bet any one of these four guys. Um, listen, no one loves DJ more than me, but um, it's not it's not great right now. Um, he he did play well in this tournament two years ago when CT won CT Pan, um, mm-hmm. fifty four hole leader, um, really faltered on Sunday. Um, it's not a question for me if he can play the golf course. It's a question of his of his current form and. Yeah. He just doesn't seem to be hitting on all cylinders right now. Um, I'm I'm hopeful he can get it going for the PGA Championship in, at Kiowa. I feel like that's just a good setup for him. Um, so hopefully he he makes some positive uh, steps in his game because I don't know how much he's going to play before the PGA in May because these upcoming tournaments don't normally land on his schedule. Um, so I don't, I don't really know, but this could be his last tournament before the PGA. I think there's, I think there's four tournaments coming up before the PGA, but, um, regardless. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm, I'm playing on, I plan on playing any one of these four. If Webb maybe shoots a lackluster first day event, I would look at a live number. 
if that falls below, below plus 1,000, plus 1,200. Um, this next group is loaded, and it's it's I mean it's it's a lot of the guys that we I think you and I both really like this week. Um, my I just don't know how he's not a great course fit is Colin Morikawa at plus 2100 Hatton at 22, who really contended here in June. Um, Zalatoris at 22 Berger, Casey, Corey Connors, who played great last week, Cam Smith, who also played well last week at 2300 and then topped off at a Vancer, Brian Harmon, Kevin, Ott, plus 3000 lots to unpack there. A lot of guys that you could you could make an argument for each one of them. Um, give me one or two that you think will make your betting card. Oh my gosh! I mean this this list right here. I, I mean I look at every single name here and I'm like, I don't want to take them off my list. I don't want to take them off my list. I don't want to take them off my list. Mm-hmm. I mean every single one here. So yeah, Kam Barkawa. Um, I'm gonna he's he's definitely going to be uh, a bet by myself. I'm going to definitely make him one of my best bets this week. Um, fits the golf course so well. Um, the one issue or the one concern I've got with this event is it's the week after the Masters. Uh, it's Hilton Head Island. I mean, if these guys are going to be just hanging out at the you know at the boat dock there or on the beach, you know, are they really going to going to go all out? But we got to assume that they will. Um, but you know, Morikawa, love him this week. Um, I, th- I think Will Zalatoris is going to play well. I mean, is he going to win? I don't know, but I mean, do you, do I really want to take the chance of him not not being on that list there? Um, Daniel Berger almost won it last year. Probably should have won it last year. Um, is he playing well enough to win? I mean, I think he could, and I could see I could see Casey. So I mean, if I had to give you two names, I'm going to say Morikawa, and I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Daniel Berger on this one, but I like all of them, and I could see all of them being top five, top ten, and top twenty bets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I this I I know we we love this two thousand to three thousand range. Usually, this might be the best that I've seen it with for any tournament. Oh this my season. goodness! It is. I mean, yes. like you said, I I I love Corey Connors, and this is the type of course that you could see him playing well on. It's just the question of, we know Corey Connors can't make, make a lot of putts. He, mm-hmm. he showed us on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, he was, I mean, he was flagging it and, uh, uh, just the, the putting eventually catches up with him. Um, but I, I, I love Morikawa at 21. I, I really do. I, I just, I think this guy, he, like I said, it just, it, the course just is like, it was made for him. It feels like, um, I'll probably take a shot on Abe answer again. He was runner up in June. Um, I mean that, that week he hit his irons so well. And if he mm-hmm. had putted well, I think he would have won that tournament. Um, uh, you know, around the greens, his numbers aren't great. The last 24 rounds, which is, which is, by the way, that's the number I've been looking at the last few weeks is, uh, you know, fantasy national, you can default to, to 50. I I've been going 24 to get a more recent, feel on 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 the on guys play um but besides that his approach numbers are good his driving's fine um and uh his putting is is at least reasonable but um and the other guys brian Harmon. brian Harmon's been playing well for quite a while now going back to the players uh the match play and he was in the mix again this weekend at the masters 
And this is a course to me that Brian Armour should play well on. And he's yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say if he's not gassed by right by now, uh, I think he's a great pick. I mean, I could easily see him in the top ten. I mean, easily. I mean, this is this is a good course setup for him. Um, yeah, he's definitely one. And and I did I, I did see Connors as well. Like like you had mentioned there, it's like well, I mean, the guy hits it so well. Can oh, he so just well. have a, a decent putting week? Now he really struggled on Sunday, so I'm not sure how he's going to take that Sunday play at Augusta and and move it on over. But I mean, some you know him having a good a good tournament for the most part. I mean, he played pretty well for for 54 holes there. Um, you know, I could see uh, uh, I could see him playing well. But again, I mean, there's just there's you're not you, it's hard to go wrong with these. So when we send out our picks here in a couple of days. You know, after we we post it, so people are going to be listening to this. We might put our picks out, and they might be different than guys that we mentioned. But love, love, love everybody here from plus twenty one hundred to plus thirty five hundred. Real quick on Zalatoris, I mean, at twenty two hundred, uh, it's a really good number. He's he's plus twenty eight hundred to win the PGA in a full field. <laughs> so you could argue uh, you're getting a discount this week at plus twenty two hundred. Um, and, and if you like Morikawa. Uh, it'd be kind of silly not to, as we just compared Zalatoris to Morikawa, it'd be kind of silly not to like Zalatoris based on the recent play. Um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great range, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a couple that we decide to go with. Right now, I, I, I like the guys I mentioned, but um, you know, who's to say I might not add one other guy, two other guys in that range. Uh, 35 to 5,000. Another, I mean, another solid group here. Uh, Harris English has started to round into form once again. He, he, you know, he won in Hawaii and really fell off. But the last couple events, he's at least shown some form. Sanjay at thirty five hundred, he was he was pretty close to DFL last week, shockingly. Um, but uh, traditionally, this would be a Sanjay type of course. Um, Hoffman at four thousand, Sergi at forty five hundred, Billy Ho. 4,500 mm. seems underpriced. Uh, man, that guy had way too much feature group time over the weekend. Oh my gosh. And that was that too yeah, much. Billy. I need to see all that. Um, uh, Kucher at 4,500. That's a little bit overvalued. Um, oh, and then 5,000 Henley and C Wu. Um, I have one guy in here. I really like, uh, What's your thoughts on this range? I don't. I don't love this group. Um, I I do like Siwoo though. That's my guy. Did you Did you see him break his putter at, at uh, fifteen? Yeah. While Just, while I mean while in contention. Well, I saw a tweet that um, we'll, we'll, you know going off the grid here just a little bit. Here. I think it was Cheston Hadley or something like that. Tweeted when he replied to no laying up, up when they showed something about Siwoo busting his putter like that. Chesson's like, yeah, he can, you know, he uh, at uh, Waste Management in Phoenix, he can knock it on the green on two, on fifteen there, the par five. And if he doesn't like the way that the ball flight was, he's full tomahawked his three wood into the fairway <laughs> or something like that. So this guy's a little bit, little bit uh, different. I didn't realize he had that much of a temper there. But I didn't either. Uh, that was pretty impressive, though. It, it broke uh, right where the, the it has that dual multi compound shaft. That thing busted. And 
Putting with a three wood, I I don't know if that was a good good decision, but I mean when you when you break your putter like that, you know, I don't know what yeah. you know, what else to do there. But but he hit the ball the first so few good. days at uh, at Augusta so good. I mean, yeah. had he made a couple putts and not actually broken his putter, because he left himself some great birdie putts the last few holes on uh, on that that, fi- that that round there after he broke his putter and. You know, had he gotten one or two of those, I mean, it could have been a different story. But I think that kind of that kind that kind of threw him off big time there. But if he's if he's kind of in the right mind there, I like the way he's hitting it. And that plus five thousand for a win and, and plus five hundred for a top ten, I'm I, I'm going to be getting in on that somewhat there, and probably sprinkle a little bit on a, on a, on a victory there. I had I had my my brother who uh, you know. Tim, who's who's obviously been on the podcast quite a bit, he I had him act as my bookie since I was out of state, and uh, I I had him place I had him place a live win bet on on Siwoo going into Saturday based off of like you said, I mean Tita Green the first two days he was the best and um, didn't didn't quite show up in the third round, but I love him for this golf course. I think it was it was two years two years ago when Kadira won, he was uh, he he arguably should have won that week. He's won at Sawgrass, which is at least a, uh, it's somewhat in the ballpark as a corollary course as as far as position strategy. Um, And I like his recent form. He's been playing well. Um, He broke my heart in Palm Springs when he beat Cantley, but uh, I I think he's got some real, uh, uh, some real value this week. So I'll be on the Siwoo train as well. Um, I, I, I was kind of mildly interested in Henley because I still think he's striking the hell out of his irons. Um, and, but it's been a while for Russ. Um, and I, I just, I don't know if I want to go there. And if, if you like Billy Ho, I think that's way under, uh, undervalued for a guy that just won a WGC. Um, but I, he really struggled at the masters and I'm just not, I'm not a fan of his in general. Um, <laughs> The the next range uh, going down to the guys that are fifty five. We'll just go up to plus ten thousand. Um, got names in here like uh, Kisner, Fleetwood, uh, Poulter, Bazadenhoot, um, Grace, who's a past winner here, um, Grio, uh, Stu Sink, who flashed last week, um, Bob McIntyre, plus ten thousand, who uh, top twelve at the Masters. Matt Wallace at plus ten thousand, who uh, Probably played better tee to green than anyone at the at the Valero two weeks mm-hmm. ago. Uh, anyone you got there? Um, I think when you look at that list, you kind of default to Kevin Kisner. Um, you know, local kind of guy there. Good iron player, good putter. Um, doesn't win. I don't think as much as he should. Um, but yeah, he doesn't also, win at all. Yeah, he doesn't win at all. Um, <laughs> I think he's got some value. Top five, top ten, any and even a little bit of a win there because I mean this golf course suits him. You know, I can see him playing well. Um, he always seems to stick out there. I, I want to say I always would like to bet Emiliano Grio because he's a good ball striker, but he's such a bad putter. Um, so I just I don't know if I could if I could commit to anything with him. Although he he always seems to you know pop up there and you mentioned Stuart sink did play well at the masters i don't i don't mind him i mean he, he's he kind of pops up from time to time and and uh you know he won late last year to get into the masters and 
you know, maybe he, he you know, comes over to Hilton Head and plays pretty good there. So, I don't know, plus 10,000 for a win. I mean, that's, it's a little bit unlikely, but I mean, you can get that top 10 at plus 800, or you can look at his top 20, top 30, but mm-hmm. um, I think he's got a little bit of value there as well. Um, Bezaden, who at plus 7,000, he's, he's a really poor driver of the golf ball, but again, if there's any course that that will become neutralized, it will be this. And I think he could make his, you know, make up shots everywhere else. Um, kind of half interested in him. I feel like maybe he's on the on the verge of, of you know, doing something big in in the U.S. Uh, we glossed over Fleetwood at 5,500. Um, are we just kind of done with the Tommy show until we see something further? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's just—he's, yeah, you know, he's just not a consistent enough putter, and I just don't—I don't—I can't trust him to win an event. I mean, you know, he could—he—he's starting to kind of get his his golf swing back. It's—it's it's, uh, looked pretty good at Augusta, um, you know, played good at the uh, the match play. So, I mean, there's some flashes there, but I, I mean, is he ever going to win in the United States? I mean, I mean, w- right now. You know, for the rest of his career, would you? I mean, you think that he would win if he had like a even money bet? Yes, oh he'll God. win. I mean, we, we, do you think he's going to win? Well, he's is he like thirty? Oh, he's a little old. I mean, he's probably thirty-five or less. I mean, yes, 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 he's going. Yeah, to I mean, yeah, you take the bet, but I mean, really though, I mean, he—he's thirty. He's exactly thirty. He's only thirty years old. Okay, yeah, well. Yeah. well, I tell you right now, he can't win. He can't win wearing the the shit that Nike's given him to to wear. Oh my god! I mean, who what could win? These... Who could win wearing those shirts? I I know I, mean, I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't feel good about myself. Nike, <laughs> yeah, Nike was like after create you know that those ugly drab earth colors from November. They're like they're like wow, these are some of the worst we've ever done. And they're like, can we do worse? Yeah, let's just put a bunch of squiggles on the shirts and just put them in different color combinations. Uh, That'll work. I mean, Tommy makes a uh, he makes a one on sixteenth hole, first round. The shot's going to be played on Twitter, on Masters.com, on Golf Channel for years to come. I mean, they're going to show the shot, and yeah. he's in this ugly ass black and white shirt that just has no <laughs> no start or end to it or anything like that it's like my god i mean i understand you want to go a little bit different with things you want you want the guys to stand out but you're not, i just can't say you know what i'm gonna go out and buy that black and white shirt that tommy fleetwood made that hole in one with i mean that's not on the top of my list of of you know mm-hmm. garments to purchase and it's like jesus christ i <laughs> Uh, I I could have read the tweets about his shirt the whole show, and I, I it would have oh made a great it would have it would have made a great show. Uh, my two favorite were one, it looked like it was like a Where's Waldo situation on his shirt, <laughs> and then the second was is when you go into, uh, you know, like Tiger Woods PGA Tour, you know, for the for the PlayStation, <laughs> it was like the creative player shirts when you have no money <laughs> when you start your career and you have to get the bottom of the barrel shirts, and uh, oh I don't know what's going God. on, but I I mean. And then when he has to wear those sweaters, they're so long. Oh, I mean, he just goes to like Dick's Sporting Goods and like 
purchases yeah. a sweater without trying it on. It's like yeah. Yeah. you're worth millions of dollars. Get it, you know, get it kind of custom it's, fitted or try it on beforehand and realize you look ridiculous. It's it's beyond I mean, anyone's comprehension what's going on there with with Nike. Um, for for me in that range, I, I'll I I'll take a shot on Matt Wallace at, at plus ten thousand. Uh, combustible as hell. Uh, could yes. be. He could win by five, and he he could you know miss the cut by ten. Uh, nothing would surprise me with that guy, but um, I kind of like the number. I kind of like the setup of this course for his game. Uh, uh, going down to one twenty five, uh, one hundred twenty five to one and above. Um, I actually like a lot of guys here. I won't talk about them all, but um, give me Doug Gim at, at one hundred twenty five to one. Um, even farther down there, um, we talked about CT Pan, CT Pan at 150 to one, uh, past winner. Uh, I don't think he's hitting the ball that badly from what I saw at the masters. When I looked at the stats earlier, just didn't putt well. Um, my guy, Sam Burns, is, man, he's falling down 175 to one. Mm. That's, that's unfortunate. Um, and you can't, you can't take him right now because of his recent play. Um, but for me, those two guys stand out. And uh, even going down a little bit farther, um, eh, maybe not. I'll stop at those two before I get to the true bombs. Anyone in the, the 125 to 200 to 1 range? Yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this right now, um, I, would say, I would say pause it and put, put, put a couple bucks on Doug Gim. Um, I... He fits this golf course well. Good ball striker. Um, he he's a little bit up and down on the putting, but he can be a pretty good, pretty good putter. And he's he's good enough to win on the on the PGA Tour at some point. And I, you know, I'm not gonna say this is gonna be the week, but I'm not gonna say it's not gonna be the week. So, you know, I I would throw a little bit on him. You know, look at him as, as a top ten, top twenty bet if you like that that stuff as well. That's what I'll be doing. Um, I think it, like I said, I think it fits fits pretty well for him. Um, another guy I like in this is is JT Poston, um, good putter, um, should be able to make some putts here. It's just whether he can kind of get get around in the golf course and give himself some opportunities here. But uh, he's kind of buddies with uh, Joe Damon and and uh, Max Homa. He's seen those guys win this year. You know, I I wonder if there's going to be some motivation. At some point, for uh, you know to, uh, to you know play well enough to to win, I guess I don't know if he's going to win, but at, at 130 to one, that's 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 pretty long odds there. So you can get those guys good at the top 10, top 20 bets right there. So um, nice options here, you know, like Matt Smith for a first round lead. Rory Sabatini plays well here for a first round lead. Uh, Cam Davis first round lead type bets. Um, I don't know how far they'll sustain success because they're not necessarily good four round players, but um, you know, you can, you can, like I said, you can always look at, at, uh, at these top place finishes. If you don't feel comfortable betting them uh, for some wins here, because I think like you said, there's some, there's some good names there with some, with some pretty solid value. Uh, Henrik Norlander, uh, man, he was the hot name in uh, January, February. I mean, mm-hmm. I think at Pebble, I got him at like 40 or 50 to one, and I felt good about it. Um, he's down here at 275 to one now. Um, he really dropped off 
just just caught my eye there of course um you know why wouldn't he? he's Henrik norlander um your, your guy brian stewart sets up well for him 275 to one um yeah I, there, there's not anyone below that that i would say is a viable threat or even a, a top 10 guy here uh you could you could go down the luke donald route luke donald owns this course but it's been a while for him 600 to 1 and even 50 to 1 for a top 10 50 to 1 for a top 10 though yeah i mean that's i mean wow that's kind of crazy i mean if you look at luke donald's record here it's amazing uh now yeah i didn't know yeah, he was I mean, alive the, until i saw him in the field well but, i mean he he this is this is why he was number 1 in the world because of how you succeeded this golf course. I mean, he was a pretty good iron player. He was a terrible driver of the ball and pretty good iron player. And just, he made every putt he looked at for like three years. I mean, like literally yeah. every putt that he looked at. So, I mean, this, this fits, fits well here, but I mean, is, is he really gonna, is he really gonna win? No. I mean, but you, you put a buck on, on a top 10 and he finishes 10th place and then, you know, you're going to make 50 bucks there. So I, I don't know if you, you go that route. Cause I don't know, you know, the chances there but i mean other than I, that I, don't know. I, I mean i almost think you have to do it listen from t- 2009 through 2017 he finished in the top three seven of those nine years i mean that's uh that's remarkable that's insane now he missed a cut in 18 missed a cut last year but i i still think i think 50 to 1 for a top 10 you have you have to give it a shot even if it's a dollar or two uh anything else on the rbc heritage for you no um let me see here you know i've got some pretty good names there there's gonna be there's gonna be a little bit of uh, volatility here because i think it's traditionally a windy golf course so you know we're gonna see some some higher scores i mean they're mostly gonna be low usually they finish in the 12 13 14 under range Last year was different because of the, the lack of wins, but um, you know, you just we'll see how these guys are, are playing. Go to your PGA Tour app and see who is striking the ball well. Look for the strike strokes gained approach. Um, you know, see who you can uh, you can add or, or or bet live during the event, and you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get back on track here and, and find a winner here. I hope so. I mean, if not, you know the. Uh... Hopefully the terrible picks are being supplemented by some somewhat entertaining of a listen to the podcast. Uh, uh, it's yeah, it's been it's been well what since the JT tournament at the players we've we've gone on a little cold streak, but uh, still gave you a couple at least a couple picks if you followed them last week that that worked out. Hopefully we'll give you some this week. Uh, Johnny, thanks for. Getting on here, discussing the Masters, and uh, enjoy your week next week in Hilton Head. I certainly will. I appreciate you having me on and looking forward to uh, seeing the event this week. Follow our picks uh, on Wednesday on uh, Your Best Bet on Instagram and Your Best Bet on Facebook. Uh, Should be a good one. Appreciate you listening. We'll follow up next week with our a, a new guest I hope to have on uh, to talk about the Zurich Classic and to break down what we saw at RBC this weekend. So look forward to that. Thanks for listening and supporting the show. 
catch you next time.